So welcome to um, live from Studio Venus. I'm joined by Troy Nickel and we are in Studio Venus actually is where we're meeting today. So we're going to get to know Troy's work. And um, I was just saying to Troy that although we've kind of known each other for a long time, we haven't been able to have like a nice hour, hour and a half chat. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So that's how it is in Lethbridge sometimes. And one of the reasons it's kind of nice to have the show in the podcast is it gives us a chance to um, get to know artists in our city, especially now where we're social distancing more I too. I know, I know, yeah. Yeah, so it's <clears throat> kind of nice because there's so many. Well, I can't wait. Hopefully at one point there'll be every single artist I have interviewed yeah, in the have, city. Yeah, the whole city <laughs> And because we have uh, musicians and poets and... I think I'll be at this. You got your job cut out for yeah, you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'll have to pass it on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, welcome to uh, Live from Studio Venus. It's a Jess FM and television show as well as um, a podcast, both hosted by me, Laura Lee Edwards. And like I say, this is Troy Nickel. So Great I'm going to be here. Thank I'm you. Gonna, yeah, welcome. <clears throat> so where did you grow up? Where are you from? I grew up in Lundbrick, Alberta. Oh, so nice. not, not very far from here. Yeah. And uh, so I grew up in a small town. Yeah. I spent a lot of my childhood roaming in the mountains, yeah. um, fishing. Um, I had a dirt bike when I was younger. Yeah. I would go dirt biking. I, I did all the redneck things you can think <laughs> of. Um, I shot guns. I but I also I also spent a lot of time in my as a child, just um, having to use my imagination when whenever I was. We, you know, often we would be told, you know, get out of the house, or yeah. otherwise you get put to work. Yeah. And so <laughs> totally. we'd, we'd go and we'd find things to do. Like we'd, we'd make forts, we'd, we would go out, and, and I had the whole, you know, um, countryside of near Lumbrick to, to roam around in. So where were you? Were you right in the village <clears throat> of Lumbrick? Yeah, I, we grew up right, right oh, in the town. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's yeah. so... It's my, a nice area, yeah. It is. <clears throat> my, uh, sorry to interrupt you just as you get started, but um, my friend started, uh, or not started, but had a restaurant in the Lundbrick restaurant, you know, that yep. sort of the only yep. restaurant yep. space there for a long time. Oh, yeah. And yep. his his <clears throat> wife was school teacher, actually, at Lundbrick High School. school who, who is his wife? Valerie Sherwood. Okay. Might have been not while I was there. Yeah, yeah. might have been. Yeah. Actually, it could have even been, I wonder if it was before you. How, well, I, I probably left. Probably, yeah, maybe then. it was after you. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, sorry, so you grew up in Lundbrook. You're you're in all around by nature and exploring yeah. all kinds of... Yeah, so I had I, I had a pretty uh, good childhood, I think, like in, in terms of just having a lot of freedom. And my grandparents lived in the Christmas Pass. And my uncles would... Often I'd spend this good part of the summer at my, in the past with my grandparents and my uncles would take me out and take me fishing all the time. And so, you know, I kind of grew up in, you know, out in nature, a lot of times spending my time in nature and yeah. in the outdoors and uh, that sort of thing. So. And did you respond then as well? Like as a kid, did you respond to nature in an artistic way at all? Was that something that... Oh yeah, like I as a young kid, like I was I was into I was into art as a young kid. Like uh, even when I was like um, four or five years old, I was into drawing. Yeah. And um, I, I would sketch and doodle. I used to like to do cartoons and things like that. Yeah. Um, and 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 landscape scenes. I always wanted to, 
you know, I, I, I grew up watching Bob Ross, so <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's like, I wish I could paint like Bob Ross. There yeah. was a point in my life when I, I wish I could paint like Bob Ross. And, I think uh, we've all have, Tried right? to get the fan brush and do the trees <laughs> with the fan brush. And and it never looks like he no. does it. It never, mine just looks sort of like stickly yeah, little, yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, but yeah. that's what we were taught was good art. Like that's what we are or at least for me, yeah. that's what I was always taught sort of, <clears throat> A, a sort of a, a direct representation was something that yeah you know so. when I was young that was impressive at the yeah. time you know it was interesting and yeah. it was it was amazing what he could do with you know so, so quickly and just so out of his imagination true. you know like yeah um, although they all look kind of similar they all had a lake <laughs> and a mountain now but that the, we think about it, his imagination wasn't that, <laughs> that yeah. extensive yeah 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 um, but uh, yeah I, I grew up like you know um, making art and then and then just being outdoors um, has had an influence on my art to this day like it still influences the art that I make yeah like one of the things um, my dad would make me um, chop firewood and I would have to pile firewood and I have to carry firewood and I have to load it and and uh, start the fire and and um, so I had a like a really strong connection with firewood and then now later uh, I'm doing woodcut prints um, you know prints of trees yeah um, you know um, and uh, so it's kind of interesting because it's connecting back to that that part of me that was young and, and, and a child and with my dad yeah you know and then it's also like the woodcut prints are um, they're interesting in that the, the trees themselves uh, are, are beautiful you know like they mm. the, the rings um, just having the rings um, being being um, printing the rings and um, you know, just just that whole process of allowing the tree to 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 be seen and almost stepping out of the way. You know, mm -hmm. like not really um, wanting to. Um, I mean, in some ways, I altered some of the trees that I that I that I print, but um, in some ways, it's just uh, stepping out of the way and allowing nature to speak for itself. Almost allowing nature to be the forefront of of the work. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so. so so do you when you do those I guess we'll just jump right in it's good to jump in and about that's kind of how <laughs> i work at least did you sand the the top or is it literally just a yeah there's a whole process so after the trees cut there's the chainsaw marks which are quite uneven and you wouldn't be able to get a good print right. so there's a process of planing the tr the stump first right um, once you plane it then you have then i take a, a belt i'll sander. put on some pictures some nice pictures so that okay, they can okay. see what they look like um so after you plane it, then you want to belt sand it um, with a with a heavy grit, and then you go to a, a, a finer grit, and then use a palm sander at the end to get your fine grit. And after that point, it should be quite smooth. And then after that's done, um, you have to take a blowtorch and you char the surface of the oh, wood. Oh, that's what you do. And oh. what that does is it burns away the uh, earlier summer, spring and summer growth in the wood. Yeah. And the winter, the late fall and winter, uh, is harder so that the softer wood burns away leaving more of a ridge and that's and then after after you char it then you brush brush away the burnt um, ash yeah. with the with the toothbrush and then you you clean it and then once it's clean then you got to seal it with a shellac oh, wow. and then once it's sealed that that way I'll, you, you don't, the, yeah. the ink doesn't absorb into the wood right and you you get more ink on your paper yeah. and then you you print from it and you roll it up and then you put the paper on it and then uh, I usually use the back of a spoon to rub the whole thing. Do you do yeah. those? See, yeah. I love yeah. doing the, the rubbing prints, but yeah. 
that's it, that's a lot of rubbing that you would have to do because some it, of those prints are yeah, yeah yeah i've had some big ones that are you know like this big yeah in there so do you do them on site no you can't because if you're planning them and not really yeah, no. Yeah, no yeah i think they'd be interesting to go to cup locks and do some on site but it just yeah. you'd have to have wireless like um cordless tools and you know like it'd be really challenging to do yeah it'd be yeah, very difficult true. um unless you had a generator or something but kind of intrusive. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's where I want to go with it. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, recording nature. Yeah. Meanwhile, taking yeah. that little with your generator going. But um, so so you went to school there. What did you do after high school? Um, well, I left home at 17. I actually couldn't, I wasn't getting along with my dad very well. We were kind of at, uh, at wit's ends with each <laughs> other. And uh, so I ended up uh, living with my aunt in Calgary. And okay. I went to Calgary and I finished my last year high school in Calgary. And I had a great art teacher who basically helped me get my portfolio together to get into Alberta College of Art and Design. Oh. So then I applied to ACA, um, ACAD at the time, and I got I got accepted. And so I, um, that was a big kind of um, moment for me because getting accepted to art school gave me a lot of direction. I wasn't really sure where I was going after high school, and you know having that outlet to go to art school was a uh, was a really good thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So was it? in high school and sort of taking that class that you were like, oh, maybe I can actually do something with this or it just was your passion and you knew well, this I, is... I, I, I knew I could make the work, but I just had a really good teacher who would who would help us prepare our portfolio to, to apply yeah, to college. Yeah, which is a really big deal. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I'd be probably scrambling and not sure what to put in. She knew kind of what kind of studies to put in yeah. to help you, you know, like um, we did classical draped uh, studies, you know, mm. showing the kind of Renaissance period. Yeah. Uh, you know where the drapery was a big thing and so um, there was that there was figure drawings and, and there, there was also you know a variety of work that um, you know showed showed different skills in different areas so yeah, yeah. as well as con conceptual um, um, ideas as well yeah and is ACAD a two-year program or a four-year program or a it's a it was a four-year diploma program now it's a degree program it's called uh what, what's it called now <laughs> calgary i don't know it's 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 a <laughs> yeah it's a university now i think oh so, really yeah so I, that's why it's not acad anymore it's, it's not acad it's, it's just alberta college of art uh yes it, it might be something might so even, but they took design off university now. of art or something oh or, no, really yeah, alberta university of art or something oh i'm not sure i should know this <laughs> well i guess we both should but we don't yeah. but <laughs> We can we can put up what we'll it is it actually, but I didn't know that they were um, now. So you can do like your BFI there or BFI. BFA, yeah. BFA. They had transitioned to that for a number of years. When oh, I was okay. when I was um, I'd gone in high school and then I I left actually after high school or after high school I'd gone for a year and a half and then I withdrew yeah. and moved out to the mountains in Lake Louise, and then I came back to ACAD again um, three years later. And uh, they were transitioning at that time to try to get more of a degree program. Oh, see, it was meant to be. Yeah. So, yeah. And and did you have some good space time in in Lake Louise and yeah, in the mountains? It was a big <laughs> big part of um, it. It influenced my life in in a big way. Like I yeah. mean, um, and, and it opened the door to um, connecting more, like my practice being more centered um, around nature. Yeah. Um, like part of it was um, living in this national park where <clears throat> the rules, uh, there's kind of a, a sense of an environmental um, 
stewardship that everyone who lives there kind of, in a sense, respects the environment. And there's a, there's a level of environmental awareness yeah. in that place that there isn't in a lot of other places. Like people are aware of um, treating the environment with respect and how important it is to have a beautiful place because you're living there and it's just beautiful. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, like you, you're surrounded by mountains with glaciers on them and, you know, you can go hiking, you can go um, snowboarding. Um, and and so and you're also in an international community of young people like yeah, um, you know like true, a, right? a thousand young people all between the ages of 18 to 35 you know yeah most of them um, and from so all over the world from all over the yeah. world yeah. yeah so it's a really it's an international community it's not even like a uh, it's it's like its own place like you know different from yeah. anywhere else it, so it's it was a very neat place I met a lot of really influential friends who um, who kind of uh, maybe. Um, influenced me in a lot of ways, um, musically and also philosophically, and you know, yeah, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, well, it sounds like it was absolutely meant to be. Then you yeah. got to go and you know, sort of get started and have a bit of that base almost in the back of your mind, right? Yeah. And then when you're experiencing everything there, then you're like, oh, actually, I have so much to say now too, right? Yeah. 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 After I left Lake Louise, I I really wanted to ta like focus on art again. Yeah. And while I was living there, I, w I did a little bit of art, um, uh, but I, w I didn't have a chance to, to really focus on it like I did when I came back to Calgary. Yeah. And when I went back to Calgary, I started working, uh, sculpting f the figure. I, I took a class with Katie Oe, and it was uh, an elective wow. on figure sculpture. Yeah. And so we were focusing on uh, having a live model in class and um, sculpting from a live model. Wow. <clears throat> and so I was trying to work... Uh, you know, we, we would do a bust, a bust study, a portrait yeah. uh, of the model. And then we'd also do a figure, but I was trying to work like almost life-size. Oh, oh my goodness. So, <laughs> so it was, it was really interesting. And, and, um, you know, through that, I, I felt uh, like I, I was able to really uh, connect with the, with the, with the, the figure the, and that kind of carried through in my art as well. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the theme, the theme of the presence of the human body in, in my work. So. Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I remember when I sort of first became aware of your work um, was I had said, oh, it looks like Anna Mendiata. Mendia. <laughs> there you go. Um, because it did had that yeah. um, connecting in with nature and using yeah. a lot of things in nature. And I love, love, loved her work. So it was so neat. And it's neat to see how you've done that. But it, you've also just expanded it and taken it different. And, and I don't know, sometimes now when I look at your work it's more like it still is very representational but not as obvious so it's all it's still very you can see the hand yeah. work in it yeah. or you can see those things that remind you body but not as a girl but not there's anything wrong with that either but yeah but yeah, yeah just sort of yeah yeah, yeah I, I uh i i tend to um i i think i i think i uh, working with my hands is a big part of what i do and the, the and also the process of of making is it, it, with my hand like you know like often when I'm working in nature I'm like I'm all I have is my hands and I'm working with my hands with whatever material I'm using right to try to manipulate and to restructure or reorder into a, um, a form or a, 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 like a figure um, like like one one example was uh, mud body which is similar to an anime yard work mm -hmm. where I um, I laid down on the bank of the river at, at, by the old man, and I traced out my body with a stick, and then I dug out the cavity of that of the body, um, and then 
um, once that was done, um, uh, I was able to find a bucket. There was a bucket nearby, actually, oh. where someone had had a camp, and oh, they, okay. had, they had had a fire, and there was a bucket there. So I found this bucket, and I was able to get water from the river and fill the cavity with water. So there's this kind of cavity of this body with a pool of water inside it, uh, with the body. And so then, um, you know, it was a moment of documenting that, that, yeah. that piece, you know, so. Well, with, with a lot of your pieces, documentation is key because they're pieces that you're doing in the environment or that can be then affected by the environment. Yeah, and yeah. Do you go back, I mean, that one maybe the lifespan would be smaller, but a lot of your works that I see that you've done around, do you then go like the next year, six months later or two years to see? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see, yeah, I, I some of them, some of them are really fleeting. Like some of them are 20 minute. So did you long. do, did you do the heart at Lundbrook? No, no, the heart of Lumbrick, no. <laughs> you did it? No. No? Oh, yeah. man, I was trying to figure out who did it. Oh, yeah. I thought it might be you, but anyway. There's a heart at Lumbrick? You haven't seen it? No, no. Oh. I probably wouldn't do a heart. Okay. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be interested in doing something oh. like that. It's it's so lovely, though. Oh, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was so sure in my mind that you must have done that. Anyways, it's just a heart, but it's big. Yeah. And it's down, so the Lumbrick Falls. Yeah. And so then, you know, down there's kind of the pool part that takes off into the, the river part. Mm -hmm. Someone has gone where it's fairly shallow, where you can come down from. So it's the south... <coughs> so, uh, anyways, sort of down in one of the spots you look over, and they've dug out rocks and made them just in a heart shape around the outside so there's like now a little pool in there oh okay but the pool i don't know it's about the size of this space i think yeah so it's like a nice size yeah. and it um the way it really hit me um of course i collect heart shaped rocks too so i'm cheesy <laughs> but also it's just it's such an international gathering there every time you're there right, right. with with a lot of the um um, tourists that are coming by and stuff like that right and there's a million languages you can hear being told sort of around you and and to me then everyone knew what the heart means though right yeah, yeah. so everyone felt that and so you could have it as like a heart for nature you could have it yeah as cheesy as you want to make it and yeah. you know that kind of thing but yeah I thought it was quite lovely but I was like who would have done that hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, because that would be lovely I haven't just come upon any of your work mm -hmm. but I think that must be so lovely when people do when they're just out walking and all of a sudden there's this lovely little yeah, thing yeah. that makes you think right <clears throat> yeah um, yeah it's it's it, it's hardest like I, I I often do work off the beaten path yeah. so sometimes like I think a lot of the work is really someone going out of their way to be off trail to, to and they would stumble upon it but I, I have I know people who have stumbled upon my work before yeah, you know, and uh, and in some ways, I wish I could share it more with people in, on site. Yeah, because sometimes like documenting the work is good, but it's not as impressive as seeing the work in person. You know, like For really sure. being around the work, um, being there while the light is changing, um, you know, and uh, that sort of thing. But what I've done recently is I've done a couple of works, and I've I've had some. I, I took the GPS coordinates. And I've given them to friends to kind of search out and find. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I like to do that more. I don't want to get into it being a geocaching thing. All right. Um, I could go on the geocaching website. I've thought of that, yeah. actually, and, and doing works and then having geocachers come and f find them. And actually, my idea was to 
put a box uh, of pictures of the of the intervention so that they could take home with them. Ah. So they find they find the site, they, they see yeah. the intervention, and then they find the box. And then in the box is a little envelope with a picture of the of the work. Should get them can. then to like have the envelope stamp on it so they can send you a little thank you note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or hey, we are from here and we found your place. Like that'd be yeah, kind of fun yeah. to be able to hear back. I think I'll definitely that. like visit the idea of like having people go um, try to search for the work um, and, and think of ways of doing that, going about that. Yeah. You know, like if I if there is an opportunity for an outdoor exhibition or or something where it gets a bit of funding, you know, and we can probably it will because that's yeah. going to be a bit for a while. Yeah. Is outside kind of stuff is going to be. Yeah. 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 So uh, I know that I, I saw your pieces um, that you were talking about making these like tree ring sort of wood from the, wood what do you prints? call them? Wood, wood cut, cut prints. prints. Yeah. Okay. Um, did I just say log something, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> tree ring prints. <laughs> tree ring prints. Yeah. But um, what would you, what sort of led you up to that part? Did you, yeah, what sort of led you to that part, I guess? Um, I guess my, my interest in sculpture and, and, and sculpting in wood Mm -hmm. And and uh, you know like I, I, I part of it was uh, having wanting to propose a new body of work, um, so I was I was proposing a show for Casa in 2017. Yeah, and I wanted to embark on a new body of work. And, no pun uh, intended. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so basically it was it was like I I had come across this artist Brian Nashgill and he he's done he he's kind of one of the pioneers of this, of printing the, the doing the woodcut prints. Hmm. And uh, I saw a, a YouTube video of, of him doing a print and um, and I thought I wanted to learn the process and I wanted to kind of um, work with printing from the stumps, but also the stumps were also gonna be sculptures that I, I, right. I formed and, and, and sculpted into. Yeah. And so there's a relationship between printmaking and sculpture and then also the relationship between the form of the tree, the physical form of the tree, mm -hmm. and then the, the inner form of the tree, like the tree rings. <clears throat> so I was interested in the relationship between the inner and outer forms of the tree and um, the language of the tree, you know, like how a tree can, like, you know, through the rings <clears throat> reveal a lot about the tree, like how, how, how well the growing season was based on the width of the rings. So oh, so the, it, the width the the further the further the width, the more the growth. So the oh. better the rain, the better the the balance of uh, seasonal conditions. Oh, I wondered about that. And then also, oh. if you've got the if you got a wider ring on one side and a shorter ring on the other, that side was probably in the shade. Oh, <laughs> right. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, there's a lot of factors, and it, and mm. the I mean uh, the study of of tree rings. You can like I mean they they study. Uh, Tree rings, dating tree rings, is called dendrochronology. It's a study right. of, um, you know, um, going back and taking core samples of trees and then learning about the climate um, based on the core samples of the trees and stuff like that. So, it's absolutely it, amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, trees are, I mean, they, they're kind of a like a wealth of knowledge. You know, like they 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 can tell us a lot about our world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so, yeah. And so, did you say that the soft part is like the summer growth? Like, yeah. So when you're earlier, looking at the tree spring and, and summer. The... Oh, okay. So in the ring, in the ring, the, the between the rings, well, in the ring itself, there's there's kind of a softer and a harder part of the ring, hmm. and so the softer part will burn away, 
<clears throat> and leaving, like, yeah, it'll burn away quicker because it's softer and right, yeah. right, yeah. So, would you say you're an environmental um, activist, and that's why you create the work, or is it because you enjoy nature? Um, well, I'm 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 an environmental activist as well. Like, I I mean, I I I will defend the environment, and I will do whatever I can to speak out for the environment and try to live in ways that are that are you know reasonably um sustainable yeah um so so yes i mean i i mean i i i you know like jason kenny recently with these parks um oh these parks uh wanting to shut down alberta parks i recently did a painting where i i had an old uh i found a uh a garage store by it was like a big landscape painting and i'm it, smiling because i know the one you're talking about and i love it so much and it, it has it's <laughs> like it's just a cheesy landscape of the of the mountain of those mountains yeah and then inside in that painting i did a little intervention i painted a park sign with like alberta parks font and everything <laughs> and it said this provincial park is now closed yeah and it's the perfect little intervention because it's kind of poignant because you know this is this beautiful place this pristine wilderness yeah and it's kind of it's kind of um glorifying it in a way you know like it's 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 making the park look like it's this you know majestic you know awe-inspiring not all parks are that no. awe-inspiring no <laughs> but 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 it's it makes a point right and yeah. the point is that our parks are these natural spaces that um, need to be preserved and mm -hmm. and set aside and we need to move more towards that not further away from it i know you know like we don't need to reduce this the natural spaces that we have we need to um make more set aside more and look land. after the ones that yeah. we have yeah you know? exactly we don't yeah so it's just the, i think the government's going in the wrong direction so um uh, that work was kind of a fun work i had that idea as soon as i saw the painting i knew i was going to oh did that you sign into oh. it. yeah and i was thinking of doing other ones where like uh pipeline ones like Oh, pipeline yeah, you construction should. you know no trespassing kind of thing yeah yeah you but should. i don't know we'll see we'll see how, yeah. I, how that or goes you don't own this view anymore like uh, uh, to me <clears throat> that was kind of what i thought when i i looked at the painting that you did because already i'm the viewer of it right yeah and then but now all of a sudden it's putting it's it's sort of like looking at those real estate like um yeah I mean, even though it's way prettier, but like you're going along, there's a house and you're looking and it's like, okay, oh, nope, that one's sold or whatever, right? Yeah. So I can still see it, but then I can't really see it or have it or be there or do anything, right? So it still has the picture there. And when I looked at that, it just had such a classical look to it, yeah. you know, like, especially because you say you got the font just perfect and everything, Yeah. sort of had this classical look and yet, you know, then it left, oh, our parks are just like any other real estate, you know? And my growing up, like our parks were, I don't know, they were everything, right? They were, we had oh, yeah. on television, they had all the, the funky little in the wilderness Parks things. are so like, important for our, our health and well-being and for, for, for the wildlife, for everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they function in such a great way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whoever, when, when, whenever Albertans first set up parks, um, you know, like, <clears throat> we had the, the those those were great ideas like I mean setting aside land to protect yeah those are those are really great ideas to have like they're yeah. they're really valuable and um, you can see the importance of nature in our lives and how it enriches our lives you know so yeah and yet for some <clears throat> reason we're not taking care of it very well no no yeah no. Um, 
in some I'm speaking to Annie just like actually this week right Annie Martin and she was talking too about nature and what's happening there and how it it um I don't know that there just isn't that appreciation anymore and this whole thing of dying and not taking care of things and I don't know we just kept talking about the environment it just kept coming around yeah. it kept coming yeah. around because it's it's not just even the being pretty part. Like it's not even just sort of having a nice place to go have a picnic. I mean, that's yeah. that's not all that is, right? I yeah, mean, it's yeah. it's keeping us alive. Like it's yeah, it's not yeah. just enriching our eyes. It's also enriching the very air we breathe. Breathe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's it's um it, it's not been giving any of the credit. You know, like Kenny's yeah, yeah. just sort of treating it as if it's uh. Yeah, just his to dole out or sell or yeah, or yeah. Whatever. Another more coal mines. Like it seems like we I we know. need to be transitioning away from coal and we're moving toward it. Like I know. it's it's we're going. You know, it's kind of weird. So, but thinking of that and and looking at your work and how it does speak about nature and almost sort of highlights <clears throat> nature. And are there are there or have you thought of doing any works that are very interventionist that are what you do know. you mean by interventionist? Um, I don't know. Do you I mean political? I guess. I guess. Politically? I guess like really like poking the bear. I don't yeah, know. I'm trying yeah. to think of anything I can think of, but just something that really does kind of sort of poke the bear. And because your works are so poignant, maybe it is better when they have. Well, I have done some, like, I mean, some, some, I have done a few works like that are land art works that are political in nature. Yeah. One was I, I went to Governor State University. I was invited to go to Governor State University to do a, a land art piece. Where's that? It's outside of Chicago. Oh, yeah, cool. In, in Illinois. So um, basically my idea was to, to Maya Angelou had a tweet, the Ake for Home lives in all of us, a safe place where we can go as we are and not be questioned. So my idea was to do the first part of her quote and dig it into the lawn at Governor State University. Um, the ache for home lives in all of us. And it was during the time when Donald Trump was about to be elected or he was running for president. And um, he was promising that if he was elected, he would turn away all the Muslim uh, refugees um, and and he would allow no no refugees in the country. And, you know, he was really against... Uh, uh, supporting any of the refugees from Syria who are flee fleeing for their lives, yeah. and so my like the my Angelou had basically made this quote and it, it addressed this this need in all of us that we all yearn to have we all we all we all yearn to have a home like you know yeah. like um, the ache for home lives in all of us you know so I thought um, you know as a way of addressing. Mm -hmm. um, the commonality, the human, the the, the commonality be, the be, between all of us, like we're all human beings, yeah, yeah. regardless of race, religion, um, we all yearn to have a safe place to call home, you know. And so, yeah. while the government's calling out all these people who are fleeing for their lives and in such desperate need of help, you know, I thought this would be a way of of countering that kind yeah. of attitude and and that those kinds of discriminatory, uh, racist, homo, you know, not homophobic but um what what time is well in a way because kind of, when, yeah. yeah kind yeah. of when you talk about home you know there's so many different things that home can be too right yeah yeah so so then like that was to create a dialogue and to bring awareness about the, the, the our shared humanity you know as human beings all wanting to have a safe place to call home and and to shed to light on on 
on the refugees that were all displaced, you know, mm -hmm. because at that time there were more refugees displaced than ever in human history. There are 59.5 million, there are 60 million people displaced in the world wow. dur uh, during that time. Yeah. And that was, yeah, I'm trying to think what year that was. I know, I'm trying to think it too. Was, it was like uh, 2013 or something, wasn't it? No, it was later than that. Maybe it was. Oh no, wait, we're at 20. Yeah, right. Um, maybe 2015? yeah something like that yeah you probably yeah I, think, I don't know um i should know the date but anyway so yeah like it, and it was a it was a it was a response and so so this quote i i basically um created it on tar paper i had created this massive stencil and then we took the stencil on the lawn we spray painted the stencil oh, and then okay. we dug out the text into the into the earth right and the text and was I... kind of an aerial a heavy aerial font so it was actually kind of true to the font. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it looked like, you know, fairly well. It wasn't just like hacked out of the lawn. Oh, no, no. Yeah, because yeah, I'll put a picture up as well. But no, I, I did see that and it was very crisp and clean. Yeah. And, and had a, like you'd swear, you just almost stamped it out with a cookie cutter in a way. Because yeah. it was just so perfect. And then there were photos too where there was snow in yeah. it, right? Yeah, so, so while we were, we were there, we had, we had dug it out and it was finished. Yeah. But then it, it we had we had a snowfall come through. It yeah. snowed uh, uh, the next like a couple of days later, and so I I documented it after the snow had fallen on it. And it was. It looked so pretty. Yeah, it was yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was the snow is it it created a more subtle kind of um you could still read the text, but it was very subtle. Yeah. 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 Beautiful both ways. It would have been interesting then if you could have planted something in too, right? That was, so then in the spring that it was comes possibly up again. an idea, but there wasn't yeah. enough funding or the project kind of ended at that point yeah so it's yeah. too bad I, we did want to plant flowers or plant yeah. the plants in it so yeah that was an idea hmm. yeah. that sounds like some great gorilla gardening ideas yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would like to visit that getting yeah. the text out of uh areas in you know yeah um with other with other slogans um hmm. yeah and so sort of what are some other things so we're talking we've talked about printmaking you like yeah. doing obviously landscape art and working in the landscape yeah. using it both as material but also as place yeah. um uh what what other sort of forms do you like or have you investigated or um uh well like generally a, i'm a, like i'm generally a sculpt like i i'm, I'm at, 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 at heart a sculptor i would yeah. say so I, I'm like really interested in sculpture. Like I like I like working with wood. I like working um, the relationship between materials. Yeah. So um, while I was at the university in Glenn McKinnon's class, we I did uh, a series of aluminum cast works actually. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to aluminum cast two part mold aluminum cast. Did you casts. Did you have to do the the um, anvil? Uh, Everyone had to make anvils. In yeah, class. I think. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I made an anvil. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Wait, I think we had to start there, right? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I remember that. Yeah, but what <laughs> were you saying? You were making out of aluminum. Uh, yeah. So we were just. I was doing aluminum cast, and then I, eventually, um, I started creating these la landscape topographies. Um, so I would I would take clay and I would <clears throat> put a uh, couple up newspaper. And then lay the clay over top of the newspaper, and it would create these kind of what looked like coolie landscapes. Right. And then after that, I would um, uh, I would cast these in, in aluminum. Um, I would I would make the, the the clay sculptures would become molds, 
that I would mold with the sand around and then I'd, I'd make aluminum artworks out of these uh, landscape pieces. I, I don't have any knowledge of doing aluminum casting. Yeah. So bear with me. Is it is it like doing any other metal casting? Is it, yeah, yeah. it you, you just melt it and sort of put it in? And what's aluminum like when it's liquid? Well, yeah, it's 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 like like you have a crucible and everything that the the aluminum is melted in, right? Yeah. But basically, you have to you have to you have a mixer and you have to get your sand a perfect moisture, uh, dry moisture balance. It has to be like enough that you can squeeze it together and it'll hold together. Yeah. But not too wet that it's like it's too sticky. Like it has to stick, but it has to be the right. It has to be the perfect amount of moisture. And then you basically have a kind of a uh, like a box that you fill the you fill the aluminum in, okay. Or actually, you, you have a you have a uh, it's been a while, but uh, yeah. you have a, a platform, and then you put this box over the platform, and you put your sculpture in the in the it, on the on the on the base, okay. right? Okay. And then you you talc it up with talcum powder so that the sand doesn't stick around it. Yeah. And then so you, you these are two part molds. So they have to come apart in two parts. They're right. not they're not like bronze casting. Right. That's, I guess, what I was wondering. So then you would fill so fill it up oh, with okay. uh, with um, with the um, with the sand. Yeah. And then you you um, have to ram it up with a like a jackhammer kind of thing, mm -hmm. and then you so it, it packs the sand really tight around your piece. Then you flip that thing over, and you excavate the the halfway seam of your art your your piece. Oh. And then you basically have to put another piece that goes over top of that piece. It has. Um, posts that line it up and everything and then you basically talcum powder it again and then you um, you, um, you you ram up another thing of sand on top of that and then you take that you take those two pieces apart and you take your piece out and then you've got to drill holes where the where the aluminum comes in where oh. it's gonna run and fill in your piece and then where it's gonna come back out and if you've got any little bits there that aren't working right yeah, then yeah. You're <laughs> And then, and wow. then after that, then you heat up the aluminum, you melt it, you get it really hot, like five thousand degrees or something. Yeah. And then you basically have two guys holding these these um, poles, and you got to pour it in. Oh my gosh. And uh, I've done the whole pouring and everything. Yeah. It was, it was quite a good. Ex yeah, I liked it. It was really neat. Yeah. yeah. It was a neat experience. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like I. It would be too fiddly for me. Yeah. But it's, it's at least a bronze casting, you can kind of just pour it in the sand. I had stuff, Catherine, Ross, and Kevin who were really oh, helpful, and they, they were are. they were really. They were, they're all about getting your hands yeah. hands dirty, get in there and do it and learn it. And yeah. So we got to do everything. I When I was in university my last year or something, I think Nick Wade hired me to work in the the um, uh, sculpture studio. Yeah. And I don't think Catherine had like any say in it. Okay. Because she was away or something. And so yeah. then I came back and... You know, I don't necessarily, I my dress might not be, I don't know. I came in, she's like, you cannot have sleeves that hang oh, yeah, down yeah, like yeah. this. <laughs> Laurely, like, get your hair back, get your yeah, sleeves yeah. shortened. So, and we were very close friends now, but oh, um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it was hilarious. You could just see when I started walking towards her, um, but because she was all about it, all about getting in there and getting dirty. And yeah, it was yeah that's one of the nice things about university is having a space where you can go and try everything like things yeah. you couldn't afford to do yeah. things you know you don't have the equipment to do yeah and you can sort of get in and and not only be sort of yes it's okay but all the help to be able to do it and totally and yeah. that kind of thing yeah um but so you're 
when did you come down here then? Like, so if, if you finished at ACAD, then when I did moved, you come to I, Lethbridge? I moved here in 2005. 2005. Yeah. Okay. But I, I spent a bit of time out in Castle Mountain and Waterton. Why did you settle here? You've been here for a while now then. Yeah. 15 years at least. Did you think it was going to be 15 years? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> no, I, hadn't, I, didn't, I didn't think I'd end up in Lethbridge, but I, I did, yeah. Yeah. And are you, do you think this is where you're going to stay? Like, oh, yeah. I bought a house here. Oh, I'll, I'll be here for a while. Yeah. 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 So what brought you here to Lethbridge? Um, I was really just, I, I, I was in Calgary and then um, I met somebody that was like, you should try to move to Lethbridge and, and see if you like it because it's kind of a neat community and I yeah. ended up meeting a few people and staying here. Yeah. And it's just the way it worked out, you know, so yeah. <laughs> that is the way it is sometimes, right? Where you, especially because you probably thought being from Lundbrook, like you just don't want to be in Lethbridge, right? I mean, you're... Yeah. I kind of ended a relationship in Calgary, so it was difficult to go back. Oh. <laughs> and so, so it was, it was kind of like, I don't know if I was running away from something, but it was hard to go back to Calgary after that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, it's I quite a big city, you know. It is a big city. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, housing is more expensive. So yeah. I don't think I could, I could afford to own a house in Le in Calgary. Probably not. No, like, it's crazy it'd be there. Really hard to buy a place. But yeah. Lethbridge, I can buy a pl I bought a place. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your, I, we were talking briefly before that you do also some art with seniors and that kind of thing. Yeah. So what, do you find yourself trying to do the same sorts of things that you do, but bringing it down to the, their level? Or, I mean, because with this artistic background and then being able to sh share that as a, as a, um, therapy, really. Yeah, yeah. How is, has that informed your work or, or your, your work informed uh, it? <clears throat> well, um, working with seniors is it, like it's um, it can be really challenging sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you've got a senior that really like someone that really likes crafts, then it's great. Yeah. But if, if someone you're trying to encourage and give them give them a chance, like um, a lot of seniors like throughout their lives have been taught that art is something if you can't draw a horse really well, you're not yeah. an artist. Yeah. And it doesn't no one. And sometimes it's very hard to teach people to experiment yeah. and to just play and have fun. Yeah. So um, those kinds of things, I think, um, get ingrained, and people think, well, I, 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 and some residents, like sometimes seniors, um, have a hard time trying to just let go of um, having it turn out perfect, or just being, just enjoying the creative process of just, just being able to play with the paint, yeah, um, experiment, yeah, you know. But 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 not all of them. Like like some of them are really great at that too, yeah. and some of them have fun and. Um, but it's challenging. It can be challenging, but it also can be really rewarding too. I've had times where, I've had many times where uh, they 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 really enjoyed what they did, and um, I think the, the the projects that I we take on tend to be fairly basic. Um, yeah. You know, um, you know, we even draw from some of the some of the like early young young adult. Um, projects you know because mm -hmm, some mm -hmm. you only have an hour and a half and yep. time is yep. limited and and you know there's art isn't the only program you're running yeah you know so yep. uh you you have to kind of um do things and there's a wide interest as well you have residents that are interested in craft more craft things yeah you have residents that like painting you have residents that don't like painting yeah you know so um you try to address uh, different areas and um but yeah i've I brought some some projects that i like to do in, in, and introduced it to them. Do you and, think uh, there's anything that you're getting from them that ends up being expressed art-wise or more just? 
I think if I made it a project to like, actually, what I want to do is, um, we 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 want to have an art show with the residents. We're, yeah. We want to have an art opening. So we're basically yeah. the COVID thing put a whole damper on that. We had planned an art show, like a '60s themed art show, because it was the '60th anniversary of Green Acres. Oh, so cool. we had planned a '60s themed art show. We were going to do a, a big mural yeah. where everybody part of the mural yeah and then we we had other projects where residents some residents like painting rocks so we were doing a, a series of rock paintings yeah and so we wanted to show all these all the different talents of our residents oh, that's too and um, but yeah it's it's been on put on hold because of COVID we can't have an art opening because we can't invite people into our lodge yeah um, we can't invite a group of people you know so when that when it's over though we'll, we'll probably do it mm -hmm. but um, yeah, so I mean projects like that, like where we get them involved. I also want to give, I like to give residents a camera mm -hmm. and let them just go take pictures. I mean, I want to show them how to take a picture. Yeah. And I want them to just go take the camera and take pictures. Yeah. And and just whatever they come back with, I'll try to like pick the best ones or they can pick the best, you know, we can decide on which ones that, that we think are the best. And, and Well, then and being able to have the digital, um, aspect is so great for something like that right because mm -hmm. someone can take a hundred pictures mm -hmm. you know i don't care who you are too if you're taking a hundred pictures you can have some real good ones in there too right that's true you yeah. have some really bad ones probably yeah. mostly bad ones but yeah. Yeah. you know some little <clears throat> great way things of are looked at and i find too when people who aren't necessarily or wouldn't ever call themselves artistic mm -hmm. are all of a sudden given free reign and put no that's not necessarily exactly you know here's this is also an interesting way to look at things yeah find that you know once yeah. you sort of open that up to what art can be and totally you yeah. know then yeah. that's kind of almost the biggest thing yeah maybe before then anything they make that camera idea sounds lovely yeah 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 so what else do you do or what else interests you or um i know and and maybe just as well as I do from art with you working with Amnesty International, right? And doing yeah, yeah. a lot of the letter writing and that kind of thing. Can you tell yeah. me a bit about that? And Yeah, so like we, we do a monthly letter writing, but we had to be, be we had to go online with that. So we usually write on pressing human rights issues around the world. Right. So there's all, all sorts of things going on. Like our recent one was um, in Nigeria, the police are cracking down on protesters uh, or no, protesters are protesting because the police are, are killing and murdering people. Um, and, and then there's like the police brutality is really bad. Yeah. And there's a, there's a kind of a faction of the police that are, are um, um, we're, we're, we're basically um, um, killing people uh, and, and, and torturing them and raping women. And it was, it was, and so people were protesting this, and then there was, there was actually killings of the protesters. Like twelve people were were, were shot down. Um, so we're we're writing to the government in Nigeria to, um, to to put an end to this violence and to to investigate those who were murdered and or yeah. the, the police who murdered those people and 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 to end the, the violence. So, yeah. so we basically write on human rights issues. We have a letter, monthly letter writing circle that we do. Normally it's in person at the Owl yeah. um, on the first Tuesday of the month from 7 to 9 p.m. Okay. But lately we've been just doing a virtual online letter writing. But c coming up on December 10th is International Human Rights Day and we're doing a Write for Rights. So we'll be doing a, a letter writing at the Owl. Um, it's going to be, I mean, we're going to take into account all the COVID issues of, uh, you know, physical distancing, social distancing, um, and, um, 
you know, try to make it safe for everybody. Yeah. Um, and we, we don't expect to get tons of people. Like we're, we're expecting to get maybe, th you know, like maybe if we get t five people, I'd be happy. Yeah. You know, um, so, but then we're also gonna do a virtual online uh, letter, write for rights as well. Yeah. That'll coincide with that. So yeah. we're hopefully get some letters written and um, help free some pr um, prisoners of conscience, people who are speaking out for various rights yeah. LBGTQI, um, um, you know, people, indigenous land defenders. Um, so we write letters for um, all those people, like uh, and, and, and like through Amnesty. So yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Have you? This is maybe a daft question. Is Lundberg Falls? How how does it go with indigenous? Well, we're all on indigenous land. Everything yeah. in Canadian is yeah. indigenous yeah. land, but with the with the territory there, like how do, how does Lundberg fit in there? I guess what I'm asking is is that is that something that you take into account in your work because you're right from this? Um, we're living in southern Alberta, where we yeah. live in an amazing, amazing um, land, and yeah. it was owned by Blackfoot. Well, still yeah. is yeah. Um, owned by. And so I just it just all of a sudden struck me as I was talking if that um, has made a way into your work or how, especially living in Lenbrook, where um, in southern Alberta we deal with so much racism too. Yeah. And so was was Lenbrook that way, just like we all are here in. Well, in Lumbrick, like, um, like I grew up, kind of, in a, in a, I would say a fairly racist, like, uh, up, not upbringing, but like around a lot of racism. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I had a great social teacher who, mm. basically, um, you know, he he taught us about the residential schools. He taught oh, us about, good. you know, he was interested in in in. Um, the Blackfoot history in terms of like um, how they hunted and taught us all about you know how they live sustainably on the land and 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 just gave us a lot of inside knowledge that we normally didn't have and he was he was very well connected with them and and um, so so without having a teacher like that you know like I, I think my 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 understanding and I'm still learning I'm, I'm definitely learning yeah, a lot yeah. about um, you know um, respecting that we're on Blackfoot territory. This mm -hmm. is Blackfoot territory, you yeah. know, yeah. and uh, and making that kind of part of your awareness, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but as a as a child growing up, it was there was a bit of that, but it was more. I don't think I didn't really I didn't really learn. I didn't really that wasn't an acknowledgement until later. Yeah. On, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, there was yeah. I mean, kind of kind of in ways that when you're young and you're just connecting with the the environment. There's kind of this sense of 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 sacredness to the land and respect for for all things and and. Because um, I didn't and, grow up in southern Alberta, so yeah. I mean I've been here for like thirty plus years, but I didn't grow up here, and so it just always seems to me like it's such a rich space. And as an adult, there's so much for me to learn about what's going on historically and just even physically in our landscape and that. Yeah. But I often wonder if you grow up here and so you're going through the schooling and, and yeah, I just sort of wondered how that, what affected. I had friends. I was an assistant for one of her movies and they were from Ontario and she did, Coolies used to be um, 
a slang for black people. No, a slang for the N-word, basically, was the word coolie. And so then when she came here and we were always like, oh, the coolies, you go walk in the coolies. She was like, what? <laughs> and oh, yeah. so, it was a, so it was just sort of this way of um, thinking about language and the environment, right? Okay. And so I, I just sort of wonder too sometimes with, I don't feel like, and I know it doesn't happen in my art because, well, I'm not indigenous, but I, we don't get to see it as much. We're surrounded here in Southern Alberta by so much indigenous um, everything and yet it doesn't get showcased as much anyways that was just an aside I guess yeah <laughs> just a, a curiosity for someone who yeah because you know you kind of grew up and around here so I was just kind of curious yeah, yeah 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 what would you say who who's your influences in the art world um um I have like I have a lot of influences like uh yeah and um you know like uh I mean, Peter von Tiesenhausen has influenced me. Mm. Um, his work, like you know, he's a very local art, Alberta artist. Yeah. And what he's done, like his his work, has influenced me. And Tony Gormley was a big influence mm. on my work. Um, yeah. A lot of land artists, like Richard Long, Andy Goldsworthy, Chris Drury. Mm. Um, I like a lot of the like the British. There seems to be a group of British artists that I really like. Yeah. Um, I like uh, Giuseppe Pannoni. He's an Art Prevera artist. And oh, he, I don't know. He basically, Art Prevera was like a movement of using found objects. As, uh, Art Prevera means, was it, it translates as uh, 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 art, art of, of poverty or something. Or oh, okay. Something like that. Because you're, you're just using, using found whatever you, whatever's available. Yeah, and yeah. so Giuseppe Pinon was part of this Art Prevera movement. And so he he made objects with like whatever he would find, but he also did a uh, bronze casts and um, but he works with trees and he 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 um, um, he's 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 one he's the artist that basically had a, had a huge log and then would find the the inside part of the tree within the, the log and carved out the basic uh, by 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 carving out the tree rings yeah. or by following the the. the the knots in the tree he was able to reveal the little the, the young tree within the bigger tree oh really it's a, it's a monumental artwork like it would have taken him like years to accomplish wow but he would he would follow the knots of the tree and reveal the inside branches of a younger tree within this older massive tree that's amazing yeah so he's I'll done have some to, really neat work i'll have to uh write that name down so I don't forget yeah. and be able to look them up and well and share it too that sounds yeah yeah, yeah. stunning um but yeah it's did you you well you had to have met Carl Granzel did you yeah I, yeah. I, I took did a you, class with Carl Granzel that's yeah. I wondered if you had had any yeah. classes with him yeah just because he's such a um well was such a force and especially then with yeah he was great yeah he, he's the one who really set me on my course for yeah. kind of going out and working in nature mostly yeah before that I really wasn't sure of myself and so in his class we were to make these six outdoor interventions we basically would meet in class yeah and then we'd have a week break to make our work yeah. but in that week we would never we wouldn't be in the gallery we wouldn't be in the studio we'd be out making some intervention in the landscape or mm -hmm. in the in the city in the urban area of the city mm -hmm. and so uh, I got used to working in nature through Carl's class. Like I got more confident, and and created my first early works were created in Carl's class. Like mm -hmm. my my my, that's when I started doing the mud body series, and um, 
you know, just getting more my hands dirty, my you know, yeah. my feet wet, basically. Yeah. Honing my skills, like you know, learning what it takes to make a four-hour intervention in the mm -hmm. landscape. You know, like yeah. with your hands and um, utilizing the color of material or utilizing the form of material or um, sculpting with the mud on a tree. You know, mm -hmm. so. A lot of that's just experimenting and kind of um, going out and um, sometimes you don't even know you're going to make that day. You just go out with your camera and your tripod and you just start walking and then you see something in the landscape that, you know, grabs your attention. Yeah. And maybe the site is interesting or there's something on the site that's interest interests you. Um, and so I mean, I remember one of my first works was basically creating this yellow field of grass across this beaver dam. So it was oh. this line of yellow grass across the beaver dam. And it was windy and it was really windy. So I, there was this beautiful tall kind of reed grass uh, growing on the banks um, in a channel of the old man. Yeah. And so I would walk across this beaver dam. I would, I didn't have a, I didn't have any tools with me. So I had to basically just kind of rip out this grass. And I had to walk back across the beaver dam and get a, a, a tuft of it and then put a stone down so it didn't blow away <laughs> and then walk all the way back. And, and this would just be like one little bit done wow. at a time. So I, I, I was really I was really testing my patience is like, like, I'm going to have to mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to do this like over and over again for hours. Like, yeah. you know, and so a lot of times like it's it's a, a way of working through things and working with your with your own mind. Yep. Like you're, you know, trying to be patient. And I, uh, I did one speaking of that and it was, we had to go do one out in the coolies or whatever. Right. Yeah. And so for my final one, I was, Rose hips were everywhere. So I was like, yeah. oh, and I'm hippie girl. So I was like, oh, Rose hips. Oh, this is, <laughs> so I'll gather these. And so I took a bust, not took a bust. I took a casting of my ass basically. And then was gathering all these rose hips because okay. it was a time of year and putting them in. But I, I forgot that they would like start shrinking, right? Like oh, okay. they dry yeah. out yeah. and then yeah. they shrink. And I would be yeah. like, it was so many rose drops <laughs> or uh, rose hips. You don't even want to know. But it was that same thing though, where it was, it was this going and gathering and then it was, I mean, and I ended up putting together some, um, um, some poetry in that with it because as you're, and I'm sure with the grass, there's all kinds of words that are coming into your head, right? Yeah, Cause yeah. it's such a meditative thing that mm -hmm. you're in the space. So yes, it's these small and it goes on and it takes so much, but the meditative aspect of it is, yeah, yeah. is stunning, right? I mean, cause you're focused on a task, I guess, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what did you, with the reeds, I just, I have to go back to my imagination now. So you're on, you're it was, going. It was a kind of a grass, a reed grass. Yeah. Right. But yeah. it was a yellowy color. Yeah. So oh, I created wow. this yellow line across the, the beaver dam. Wowza. And it, yeah, it, it worked out really well. It was one of my first pieces. Yeah. And it, it worked out really well. Oh, cool. And I think just the, the sheer determination to finish it, you know, like it'd be so easy to turn, like say, oh, this is too hard and give up. Yeah. But, uh, you know, after I spent enough time on it, it, it worked out quite well. So. You're like the beaver. You're a busy beaver, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess, it, am I understanding you correctly? That's sort of where you decided that maybe there was an art form that could come out of your appreciation and influence within nature. Is that kind of where that got built up more or? Yeah, like, well, because of like, like living in Lake Louise and I did a lot of backpacking. I did like I hitchhiked up to the Yukon. I did a lot of oh, hiking cool. in the mountains. 
And uh, I was aware of Richard Long, Long's work before I had traveled, and I'd always really identified with his works, the, the rock lines in the landscape. Oh, and okay, I've always, okay. I've always like been in places and just felt like, oh, I'd like to make a land artwork, mm-hmm. but but just had to hike on or had to keep moving or whatever. Couldn't couldn't stop in that location to do that. Yeah. But then when I got the tools, like Carl's class, kind of opened me up to facilitating that. And, and so then when I started making that work, I always wanted to make. And mm-hmm. because I enjoy being in nature, I enjoy the outdoors. I enjoy um, the meditative aspect of being in the land, like outside and, yeah. and relating to the, to the land and, and connecting with the land, you mm-hmm. know, in a tactile way, you know. So um, that... Uh, when you said you always want to do that, do you mean the yellow line on the... No, just oh. working in the landscape. Yeah, yeah, like okay. I've always wanted to create. I was like, that was something you had. Artworks in the landscape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a really strong yearning um, yeah. because it just part of it. Like I mean, there's 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 another number of things, and and part of it is also that you create a work that is is impermanent. Like it, it's it just mm-hmm. evolves back into nature, but it's very sustainable. Like you're leaving very little car. You're you're not really right. leaving a carbon footprint. Yeah. You're not buying new materials. You're not um, introducing something new to the environment. You're using what is there. Yeah. And then it's a very almost like it connects back to all these ancient civilizations with connected to the land in many ways. Whether they were like the Peruvians who had a little hole in a rock and were able to view the stars through a puddle in a stone, you know, hmm. and that's how they would do their astronomy. Oh, really? Or, you know, the Blackfoot who had these medicine wheels that mm-hmm. were, were calendars. Yeah. Um, or, you know, even the, the pyramids of Egypt, you know, they were remarkable, um, you know, pieces. The, 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 you have the, the Easter Island mm-hmm. um, yeah. figures. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, throughout history, it's something that's part of our, part of who we are as people to connect and relate to the land, you know, in a deeper way. And I yeah. think that's why I like it so much. It's just, yeah. Hmm. So it's something you're you're driven to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you when okay, so I'm thinking I was looking at a few photos and you have the ones with like the snow rings on the trees. Yeah. They're like external so they're they're like rings that you've actually put a like a ring of snow on the tree bark. Yeah, like I yeah. 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 And so when you or various other there's lots of other designs I saw too yeah um, but when you do that or when you do any of your works that are much more out in nature and who knows what mm-hmm. who might come upon them do you know when you like are, are you doodling at home and going oh I think circles today <laughs> it's an ongoing process or, you, yeah. yeah like I, I learned I could pack snow on trees yeah and I could actually scrape away the snow and make drawings and then from that, I started with a simple, one of my first pieces was like a square. Yeah. You know, and then I moved on from that and I started doing like more like snow circles, you know, mm-hmm. patterns on trees. And uh, so the way like I felt that basically it has to be like minus 10 or colder. Oh, okay. Um, before the snow will stick. If it's too warm, it won't stick. If it's, and if it's, if it's too warm, it might, if it's warm enough, it might stick, but it, it'll melt on the tree, leaving a wet mark. So... Uh, that's something aesthetically that I don't want the wet mark because it 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 it, it kind of taints the piece, you know. Right, like, right. Yeah. So so you learn you learn through basically experimenting and being out there. Yeah. So then I would pack the snow in the tree and it would end up as a solid mass. But then I'd take a stick and slowly carve away and make drawings on the tree. 
Yeah. With snow, snow drawings. So yeah. they almost look like they're spray painted on, but they're not. Yeah. 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 And then the one of the latest things I've done was to create illusions with multiple trees and to create like a rectangle within a multiple grouping of trees. So from a certain perspective, it looks like a flat rectangle within this space, but as yeah. you step away from that angle, it all falls apart and you see all these different marks and lines on the trees. And some of them are, uh, are this wide and some of them are this wide. And how did you figure all that? Well, I, I don't want to like, you know, make you give me all of well, your it's, secrets. Well, it's actually but, quite easy. You just look yeah. You just look from a perspective in your camera. Yeah. And then you visualize where that would go on that tree. And then you walk out to that tree and you, you put the snow on the tree. And if it's wrong, you got to come back and <laughs> check it. And then if it's wrong, you have to adjust it. Wow. And it's just a matter of, you know. Yeah. There's an artist, and I can't remember his name, but he does these big uh, illusions in rooms and he's famous and he's really and I, yeah, I was influenced by his work too doing yeah. these um, but um, he has teams of people that basically set up these massive illusions yeah and you know they could be done and I, I, I don't know that I want to go to like I, I would like to do I'd like, I'd like to do more, follow through with that a little bit more mm -hmm. but um, I find land art is there's a lot of decorative like landers become quite decorative and yeah and um i i i don't know for me i i kind of want to stray away from it being um I, I like to be a little bit conceptual like you know i like yeah. i like it to to have to to to, to kind of it somehow move the viewer mm -hmm. and to see something in it that um that moves them that makes them inspired but not just something that's pretty you yeah. know so when it can do both, it's nice. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And I find that your work does. Like your work is very pretty to look at. Yeah. You know, like it's, I, I don't think I've seen anything that I didn't think was, you know, um, everything sort of has a really visceral, wonderful sort of feeling, whether it's on like a vellum that's really flat or whatever, right? It has, it's, yeah, it's nice to look at. And yet, you know, it's just imbued with, all kinds of meaning like it's almost inferred when you take when you take a tree and make a print of it right now there's just so many things that can be filled into to what they can be and beauty is one of them too that's, yeah that's nice and yeah. I, I think the tree mirrors our cosmos like the the yeah. rings of the tree is like a like a like a universe in a sense yeah. you know like it radiates outward and it, it's like almost like the creation of the world you yeah, know, like it it, re it represents that creation as kind of aspect. It mirrors back to us that creation, just kinda. like like all that stuff. I just it fascinates that out of me. Yeah, and I I mean I'm, I guess I'd say I'm more agnostic, but I mean so then if I don't believe that there was this one person that no, no I'm not saying I'm not saying a creator. No, no, I know you're yeah, not. Yeah. No, I know you're not. But I'm saying to me it almost feels like when people talk about God, that's what I can kind of see how they think that because they're like this is amazing this can't have just happened yeah and, and yeah. of course i don't think it just happened either but i don't know and because there's so many things where you're right like our trees are mirroring the rings that we have in this like everything does like it's yeah. um no it's like completely right on that it's it mirrors all of that i'm just like i know so why what does that mean <laughs> i mean i'm a woman and i'm so lucky because like literally my body is attached 
to the moon and whatever the heck's going on with the moon, right? Yeah. Like yeah. what? Like how does that happen? Like it's yeah. it just blows my mind all these questions and in a way by just being able to see nature in a way that we're not accustomed to seeing it. Mm -hmm. I think can can make us ponder those issues totally. more, yeah. right? You yeah. know, to to bring us back to like not to have an answer, but yeah. like to keep to keep thinking about that and why yeah. is that? And yeah. and here is something that a tree that feeds us oxygen and mm -hmm. all kinds of things, and then back into the soil and is feeding us that way. Like it's yeah. they're so complex, and I don't know. Don't think anyone really knows the answers, right? So it's yeah, yeah. that's kind of wonderful. I guess we all get to yeah. to figure it out. Or do you have all the answers? Should we get that on tape right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, but wouldn't wouldn't it be grand? But otherwise, I think it's the questions maybe are more important than the answers anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, know. it's it's important to ponder to think about. Mm -hmm. You know, it, did someone create this, or like, is there a being, an omniscient being that created this, or or does it arise out of the spontaneous nature of yeah. Of of just like creative energy. Well, because molecules are like that too, right? Aren't molecules kind of circular, or is that just in school we learned that they were like that? But like molecules, right? The kind of like the way that they go together. You have the different. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never mind. Never <laughs> mind. Never mind. But um, yeah. So what are you on to next, or what do you? Um, I have a show coming up at Frank Gallery. Mm -hmm. So I'm planning on doing some print, um, some tr woodcut prints. Oh, good. Um, and then, um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's gonna be combined with sculptures from wood um, that the prints were taken from. Some yeah. of the prints will be taken from these sculptures. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm also going to really kind of explore. I have, a, I have a, some ideas about trying to create um, some some wood sculpture that employs. Um, you know, like deals with form and and um, and um, you know the relationship between its parts. Yeah. You know the relationship between the form um, and 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 um, um, trying to incorporate different elements of wood, like willow and stumps, together to create pods or oh, or you cool. know kinds of objects like that. Um, integrating, yeah, kind of mixing two types of wood together yeah and then um, having a, a show of, of sculpture um, and prints and some of the sculptures the prints will be taken from right so right yeah oh very cool but I don't I'm you know that's I'm not sure with COVID right now how things where, where I'm where I'm where I'm but when I'm having this show I haven't I'm not I'm a little uncertain as to when it's gonna happen right and um, so I, I don't know what my timeline is and I'm well, your website's really easy to like maneuver in it, and unlike a lot of our websites, yours actually seems up to date. That's somewhat, somewhat <laughs> so, up to date. So yeah, so I'll put the link so that people okay. can see. Perfect. Because there is so much of your work. Yeah. Like I say, and people and will get for, a better idea of if they see the website what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because in a way, it sounds abstract, even yeah. though you know it's very literal. I take it from. A, what does he mean, land art? Like yeah. making digging mud out of. Yeah. Or like digging a. Your body. Uh, okay, well then, and now we have the thing, right, that's in the river bottom. Yeah. Rick and I mentioned it, so you and I should probably mention it too. And being as you're a land artist, then, you know, so what do you think of that? And it, yeah. It's just the way it is what it is. Like it's, <laughs> someone, someone's put a lot of time into making it, you know, it's, it looks yeah. like they, 
they've really um, it's it's really well built actually yeah. it's like they've woven in wire and like and and woven it so it's quite strong yeah um yeah it's well, it's it's interesting the, the I mean, I, I don't know what, what else to say about it. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, the thing Rick had brought up that was kind of interesting is how it's evolved. So someone mm. built it maybe initially or perhaps continues. I have pictures of it when it, it was this high. Well, and just a, 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 a little circle too, right? of rocks. Yeah. And so I was down have... there making work when it was in infancy. When oh, it was really? just barely a... Yeah. Yeah. I'd be, I've seen that. And yeah. now, like... Actually, the, the the sad thing is, is all the trails down there are really packed out, and it, it gets visited a lot. Oh, and it's uh, like you know, like the the trails were never like the they are now. Oh, okay, like, yeah, because I remember it was it was, it was really, really hard to get to. They were just like little game trails, and you yeah. have to cross a beaver dam to get to it, and yeah. you know, it was kind of hard to find. Actually, it was fairly well hidden. Yeah, but now um, people like come in throves to, to go I see know. it. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I know it. Yeah, it is. I mean, the the thing that's so so odd is how it took, like you say, it sort of had its life of its own and it's evolving and it's growing. Yeah. And and you know, Rick had sort of brought up how there was a point where it was being told the city should take it down because it was so too dangerous. And yeah, and there was a big writing campaign. Don't let the thing go from the... Yeah, and yeah. it was like, it just became this really odd... Um, it's sort of like this punk rock kind of installation art, right? It's like, no, I'm going to build one for free, and it's this weird... Yeah. 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 Definitely has that punk rock aesthetic. Um, steampunk. Steampunk. Yeah, <laughs> definitely steampunk. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. No, it is, because you're just taking all these bits. But it seems like people want it to be creepier now, and it's got the doll heads and stuff like that. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'm not really into the doll, the doll heads. And no, stuff, no, no. I mean, whatever. I, 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 it's not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not one to judge it. You know, like I think whoever made it. Yeah. You know, they, they had. It's a. It's something of a labor of love for them, and you know, people, people enjoy seeing it. So that's yep. great. Yeah. Yep. Well, and it gets people out there and also gets people talking about art. So yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Or at least a, an installation down there. Yeah. So, yeah. well, we'll watch out for your other stuff and I'll make sure that we make uh, the link for your website. Because like I say, it's, I thought it was really great because it is fairly up to date. Yeah. And it, just some really nice quality pictures that really give you an idea of what your work looks like. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's aesthetically a nice website as well. Thanks. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it is nice to see see the work and great. see what you do. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This thanks has been for good. thanks for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's great to be here. All right. Cheers. <laughs> cheers.